This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a, a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome straight from the bar at the Las Vegas Sands Hotel and Casino. Please make welcome to the stage, Terrain Professional Mike Dominic to the Sub Seventy Podcast. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Let's talk a little U.S. Open. I'm, I'm ready. Let's right. do it. All right. So we haven't talked about this on purpose because I think it'd be interesting to get your perspective as a professional golfer. Would we witness what happened? Give me your quick synopsis, then we'll kind of dig into it a little bit. Well, first of all, I, I thought it was great. Um, I, you know, all the Twitter heads out there after the first day were up in arms because the course was playing too easy, I guess. I mean, you had, you know, five under from Justin Thomas, four under Matthew Wolf, three under Bruce Hazen, you know, and, and they had it soft. There was no wind, a little bit of a warmer day. And then after that, the carnage happened. Wingfoot happened. And they were, you know, seen cutting the rough. Uh, I believe it was Monday because there were so many videos of guys dropping balls and they couldn't find them and, and this and that. So they went out and actually cut the rough on Monday and it just gave them a little bit of a, of a buffer zone. But watching, watching the carnage and the wheels fall off of these guys that are the top players in the world. I, I thought it was great. Now, do you want to see it play unfair? Absolutely not. And I didn't think it played unfair. Wingfoot is just a hard golf course. It's, it's difficult to test that. I mean, look at what happened to Danny Lee. You know, six putted from four feet. We've all been there. So well, it, like, it, at it that just, point, it looked like he was just like, I'm done with this. So, I well, like he, he was, was definitely done. Right. It, was, was it a wrist injury? Was it not a wrist injury? That's still up for debate. But, you know, in, in, three, in three of those putts, he didn't even try. He, he kind of did the Phil Mickelson at Shinnecock where, he, you know, he ran, he ran around and, and slapped, the ball, slapped the ball a little bit. But, but that's just guys boiling over. And, and in the U.S. Open, you can't, you can't lose your cool. In golf, you can't lose your cool. It's going to happen. I've lost my cool probably more times than not. But it's, I, I think for the viewers to see that happen with those guys, it makes it relatable to what they go, go through at your, your local country club or your golf trips and stuff like that. And I, I mean, I didn't think it played unfair. I mean, I mean, Bryson put in the work, he bombed it. That was his strategy all week, whether he hit fairways or not. And to play the angle, Steve Elkington put up a, a, a hilarious sketch of what U.S. Open was when he played, where it's hit it down there 275, 280 before the fairway bunker and leave yourself a, a seven iron in where the modern game is take driver, hit it as far right, if the pin's left, hit as far right in the rough as you possibly can and leave yourself a wedge at a four inch rough because your odds of getting it closer to proximity from that distance out of rough is better than, you know, being 175 yards back in the fairway. And you have firm greens and the greens of wing foot look treacherous. Some of those putts were, 
unbelievable. You know, hit, hitting a hitting a forty foot putt with your back completely to the to the hole. You got to hit this thing twenty feet and let it run out. I thought it was great. I mean, it was it was creative. It was it was fun watching Matthew Wolf as twenty one years old, straight out of Oklahoma State, play, and, and 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 you know he got fourth in the PGA. He had the lead in the U.S. Open going into the final round. It. I'm sure that he learned a lot and we learned a lot, but I'm sure he learned a lot from himself by his five over round in the final round. Do you think it's going to change the way the R and a, the USGA starts thinking about this? And I I use this as sort of the premise of this. I I read something where Wingfoot bought some piece of property for an outrageous amount of money to make a par four, four, you know, 508 yards, whatever hole that was on Mm -hmm. Bryson still hits driver wedge. Right, I, they paid something. It, it was an astronomical. It, it was in the, obviously in the millions. Right, and for for driver wedge. So, do these courses? Right. Does the US, did they just stop even trying to do this? At what cost? At what? Because it's Nike hit driver five iron, like they're probably or seven iron or six iron. Still, is driver wedge. Is that over? Is that over of trying to make Augusta harder? Buying Augusta Country Club next door? Buying stuff to make the holes like Nicholas used to play it in seventy seven. Is is that something that's just going to be changing in major championship golf where they can't keep up with the arms race of what these guys are doing athletically, equipment-wise, the ball, the new way of, of thinking about doing this, which obviously paid off for them? Is there, is there, a, is there, a, is there a shift coming? I think, in my, in my opinion, um, if, you, if you take and you move that tee box back at Augusta, like they've been talking about, you completely take out the risk reward of hitting a cut or draw around that corner. If you hit, if you hit, I mean, if you're a righty, right, you have to hit a boomerang draw around and then you risk going into Ray's Creek. If you're a lefty, you have to hit a cut. Otherwise you go straight through into the pine straw where Phil Mickelson hit that famous shot. I think, you know, so, so that's the, that's the risk reward of, the hole, if you lengthen another 60 yards, um, what are, what's Xander Shoffley going to do? I know, I know Xander, I mean, he hits it pretty good for his size, but what's Shoffley going to do? What's um, Zach Johnson? What's Webb Simpson? What's Patrick Reed? Like, what are these guys that don't bomb it going to do? Three-shot hole. And you, it's a three-shot hole. It completely exactly. takes the risk-reward out of play. The guys are just going to hit three-wood or hybrid out there, seven-iron layup, and then have a wedge in and the guys like Matthew Wolf, Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, Finau, they're going to go out there and, and, and try and reach around the corner. And I, it's not – I. this last week, they say, oh, my God, we didn't lengthen it enough. Or the, the last five winners have been bombers. Yeah, that's, that's also true. But when you look at guys that are up there on the, on the leaderboard, Louis Roosthaisen, obviously he, he hits it good. But is he a bomber like Matthew Wolf? No. Harris English, is he a bomber? No. Xander Shoffley? No. Will Dallatoris? No. Zach, Zach Johnson, it. right? He, 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 he did. He won right. the 40 and over right. flight. But he, like, bunted, he, his like way, he said, but, bunted his way around to a top well, 10, he, right? He did, but he also, you know, he has those juiced, juiced uh, shovels from PXG that he's playing. So I think that, that you know, has something something to do with it. Uh you know, since Lee Westwood doesn't hit that far anymore, he had a he had a T thirteen. 
let's, you know, these guys, if you start building the game around bombers and complete bombers, you're, you're, I think you're taking away a majority of what golf is. You had one guy under par at the U.S. Open, one guy, and it was the guy you hit at the farthest. Bryson DeChambeau's wedge game and his scrambling stats historically, since he plays six iron length wedges, are not good. But he got it done. And, uh, and I think that we're going to see with his distance, you have to wait and see what he does at Augusta. Because you have the next two majors are at Augusta, right? You have one in November and you have one in the spring. And when you see what's going to happen, and I'm interested now to watch it because he was leading the Masters, I believe it was last year after the first round. Um, I, I think he shot five, five under or something like that. And then he went out and, you know, kind of shit the bed the next day. But I want to see with his new distance and all this stuff that he's doing, how he's going to attack and the lines that he's going to take. Well, it's and, going to be, it's going to be the same idea. He's going for broke at some level, right? He's going to be taking lines maybe Bubba is taking at times. I mean, it's going to be played like a complete different golf course. If he, if he wins one of these two Augustas and just takes lines that's never been taken for four rounds straight, is that enough mm-hmm. then when the RNA and the USGA or even Augusta on their own says that's it? We're going to make you use yeah, a, I don't, all the... Yeah, and I don't know. But if you if you start rolling back equipment, what's going to happen to the average golfer? Well, I think you have to buy it. There's got to be a bifurcation. You, I can't play a driver that, you know, it's not enjoyable. I mean, 6,500-yard right. golf course is good for me. I don't want to have to go back to 1997 technology at 47 years old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and no fun. Bryson's going to be testing out a 48-inch driver this week crazy which is the which is the you know maximum length that you can have it which which i think i'm like hey that's that's pretty cool and don't get me wrong i'm not a bryson fan i mean i played with guys who played with him uh growing up um god uh, what's his name kid who played at chico state uh i mean he played with him at the pacific amateur up at eugene country club and he just said you know the kid's a chronic complainer whiner he's just very insecure whatever and all these stories I've heard is just, you know, the guy is just, he's an odd duck. But, but, but you know what I like, like about him? Like a Mo Norman type guy. Yeah, but it's, he's different. Like, I actually, the exactly. work that that guy has put in to bulk his body up, to take on this experiment, to put it all on the line. Because I tell you know, I watched him play the first year he won on tour at the John Deere Classic. I watched that Friday round. I walked with uh, every shot. Got to see it all up close. And mm-hmm. he had all nine shots, right? He was really good. Mm-hmm. He had that extra gear. If he wanted to hit a three-wood 290 yards, he could, right? And I, I mm-hmm. didn't know he was going to win that week, but he shot 62 or 63 that Friday round. He was playing with Patrick Rogers, and I turned to my buddies. We were all watching this, and I go, he's way better than Patrick Rogers is. From uh, Not Patrick yeah. Rogers, a great player, but he just hit, you know, no, Patrick, Patrick Rogers kind of yeah. one-dimensional. It was a hard cut. Bryson had the soft shot. He had the draw. He had the fade. He had the... Put it in the fairway shot. He had the, oh, you want me to pop this three-wood 290? I got that. And I, I go, we were just talking about my buddies, and I said, well, my prediction on that one was pretty damn accurate. He was yeah. really good. So he had a nice career going and was plenty long and played really well. And for him to take this on, switch it around, 180, for lack of a better word, and and risk it all at some level because he he had a nice career. What do you have? Five wins before he kind of started doing this. Right, he had five. I believe times it was, five, it was four, yeah. four or five. Yeah, you got to like. I like it. 
I mean, I don't think I'd want to go have pizza and beer and hang out with the dude in Wisconsin for a weekend. Well, you won't be drinking okay. beer. You won't be, you won't yeah, be, be drinking protein beer shakes, drinking protein there is, shakes. There is protein in Budweiser, <laughs> so maybe I could talk him into a couple. Of course there is. But I would like, I give him credit for just being at some level a pioneer or a little bit of a trendsetter and thinking outside the box, I guess, right? Like, like it or not, hey, he won a U.S. Open. He's up to like seven wins. He's got two win season. Like, it's working, and it's different. I 100% and I, agree. And I like it. As a like I said, I think as someone who loves golf, I kind of like him being like, these are the these are the unwritten rules. Yeah, I'm breaking all those. I'm just going to do yeah, this. Yeah, and I think it's yeah, I think it's great. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, like, it's not because I sit there and dislike the guy or I wish him. I mean, I thought he was a bit annoying. I now have I ever met him personally? No. There's a lot of people that say stuff about Phil Mickelson that don't like him. Then there's people who's like, oh my god, he treated me great. Or Sergio Garcia, same thing. You know, I've never met Bryce. I could meet him and I'd be like, man, this guy's pretty cool. And what he did, I'm watching him working out in the gym, and I go, has this guy ever been in a gym in his life? Like, what on earth is he doing? And, you know, he's walking around with a you know, steak in his hand and all that. And I don't know if you watched the, the video where they were drinking champagne and stuff. But he did the Barstool Pizza review yeah, for the foreplay uh, pod. Yeah, yeah and, and he had... Uh, he literally just ate a steak and then he guy goes and he does, he does the pizza review. But I mean, the guy stuck with his diet. I think, I think it's fascinating what he's done. I am also concerned and I hope it doesn't happen because he's, he's evolutionized the game. He, he's kind of doing what Tiger did back in the nineties on a whole different level, like in terms of distance. Right. Cause when Tiger came out, people are going, Oh my gosh, he's sitting, you watch that video where Chris DeMarco, Played with Tiger in the third round of the Masters, and he goes, "Dude, he's hitting sand wedges in, and everyone else is hitting seven irons." Mm-hmm. Like Chris DeMarco looked like he'd seen a ghost. Yeah, well, the right, and, yeah, all of a sudden it's like, yeah. you know, I don't have that one, right? You're, I'm a professional right. out here competing for the Masters, and I, I ain't got that shot. Yeah, he, yeah, he didn't have it. No, DeMarco was a shorter precision player, and I give Bryson all the credit in the world. The guy worked hard. He went out and won. He proved a lot of people wrong. I hope his body. Can hold up. That's my uh, question. Is, he, is right. You're putting right. unnatural. Like so, I've uh, you know I've talked to like Slauson about Matt Slauson played in the NFL for years. A buddy of mine of like when you're like cause he's a big dude, right? But he's like three fifteen mm-hmm. now, three twenty. Like what he had to do to put on three sixty of just like the working out and calorie intake. Like that's hard on your body, right? Really to hard. put on that much bulk. And to do it constantly, you know, I, I wonder if, like, on a smaller scale, that's not Bryson's natural weight, right? He's not it's naturally not. that thick. And he's got a, you know, but he did it the right way. He doesn't look like he's muscle-bound like a bodybuilder. He's got a little belly going, right? Like, he has a little bit of an offensive lineman sort of look, so he's maintained his flexibility, which is strong, or smart, right? Because he's strong, but not, like, unflexible, obviously. It doesn't look like he's wound tight. My question, though, like you, is, you know, when you're 40, you're going to keep that bulk on and, you know, and keep doing it? Or do these guys start looking at their careers like, I got a 10-year window between 26 and 35 or 36. Beyond that, it's gravy. I'm going to look at this like any mm-hmm. other professional athlete from most other major sports where I'm going to have a 10-year run into hell with it afterwards. I don't really care how I'm playing at 42. I got generational yeah. money and championships, and my body will not hold out, and that's okay because I'd rather be – right this good for this long and I'm not trying to have a Tom Watson career. Yeah. There's a lot of guys too. Um, 
talking with the pros around here that have had really good careers and they go, Hey, we're just looking forward to the senior tour or the champions tour because they have enough points in order to qualify. But is and going to even care about that at that point. I don't think so. I, mean, I don't think Phil, like Phil Mixon when played that, um, that champions tour event and won, which it almost seems like everybody who makes their, cha- or their champions tour debut wins by an astronomical amount. Cause you're playing shorter, softer golf courses. And Easier you can pins. attack every pin. Yeah. Use your pins and attack every pin. So, you know, I don't know what Phil's gonna. I don't know what Phil's gonna do if he's gonna keep down that track. I highly doubt Tiger will ever go to the Champions Tour. I, don't I think he's... once he's done, he's got his golf course design. He's got his restaurants. He's gonna do his golf schools stuff like that. I, I agree, right? I think Phil will play occasionally if there's nothing else going on. But you got to remember, like he finished second at a WGC event this year. That's still in there. Right, maybe it's not mm-hmm. as consistent as it used to be, but he's not going to give up the big show when you're, you know, he's had some pretty good finishes this year, and then some bad yeah. ones. But this is what happens when you're. I mean, this is kind of Phil's career anyway, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see him going over the weird, there at least. The weird thing with with five. Phil is is he works with uh, I believe it's Andrew Getson down at Greyhawk Ghetto, and they'll work. Ghetto's got a ton of handle drag, you know, little almost underneath the plane. Really wants you to swing it in to out. And he goes, Phil, when he comes and works with him, hits great shots. He never, he never really tries to chase distance. He's checking his positions and all this other stuff. And then he sees him warming up on the range and he takes those speed sticks and starts whipping them around like a wild man. And he goes, what the heck is he doing? He never does this in practice. What do you think so, that's what he's going to have to do to stay relevant though, of where the trend line's going? I on think it is. Tour? I think it is. Phil has got to be okay with playing curve. He has to be okay with playing curve. He's always curved the ball a little bit, but all these guys are hitting it very straight now. And Phil, right now, he's got a two-way miss going with the driver. And you have to, you have to get it going one way. It, it, he just, he's going after, he's trying to hit as far as he can, rely on his wedges, which are historically great. But he has to find a way to get the ball in the fairway where he's he's missing in the trees where other people are missing a fairway over is yeah. is kind of what it, I'm saying there. If you watch Bryson, it was a hook, right? Some bubble a plays hook. a fade, right? So he's going to miss it on that side every time, right? He's not fading that driver with that swing. It, exactly. And what is and, and and here's another thing. What is the first thing Bryson did after the third round when he hit two or three fairways? Went right to the range. He was over hook against. He went to the ranch right. underneath the lights and grinded because that's just who he is. He had a stake in one hand. He had the driver in the other with the track man as caddy, and he grinded and he got it figured out. Obviously, he went out the next day, played way better. Matthew Wolf, two fairways, took off, went home, relaxed. Of course, he shot five under. If you go out there and you shoot five under at wing foot, you don't really need to overdo anything or make adjustments in your game. Go home and get some rest. But it caught up It caught up with him. What do you think he takes away from this now? You know, two top fives in the last two majors is he disappointed as a young professional golfer or is this okay I, i'm okay with it right like i am putting myself in these positions i'm getting more comfortable at that stage do you think it's disappointment or is it pretty satisfying he's, he's played in what two or three majors well, and he's top five he's played, yeah he's played two majors he's played two majors uh when he won in, in, in minnesota at the 3m last year when he beat Bryson before, before Bryson went with cousin Vinny on everybody, he, uh, 
that was that was a new event. So he did not get an exemption into the. I it was I think it was the Masters. So I don't think he was exempt into the Masters for winning that. And 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 this year, you know, the guy's two majors. He cashed a second place check for one point four million dollars. Me as a twenty one year old, I would be ecstatic. I would go stay at the Sands Bar and Hotel in Vegas and just cut it loose. But with him, I mean. I would be disappointed. I would be more disappointed in the U.S. Open because he, I mean, he had it. He was there. Um, but sleeping, when you have to sleep on a lead, it's always hard. If you can sleep on a lead and get up and win the next day, you have something very special. And I think Matthew Wolf is going to learn that. I mean, right. the guy won, I mean, he won, yeah, he won yeah. the NCAA championships. He's a national champion. Um, I, I think he's going to learn that. I think he's going to and be really good. Got a, for, he's got a bright. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to be really good for a, a really long period of time. I'm I'm buying yeah, stock. He's got a kid. bright future. I agree. Yeah, right? actually, great. and I like the his other, golf swing. Right. The other guy, um, the other two guys that did great, Will Zalatoris out of Wake Forest. Um, I think he's Corn Ferry Tour status. Yeah, correct. but he, I mean, T six, five over. He cashed a check more than anything he's ever made on the in his career on the corn Ferry tour and one week, I mean, that's a life changer in that farm. I think Zal Torres has got really high stock. And I think Victor Hovland, Victor Hovland, the last day was even through nine and was in third or fourth place, just sniffing around. And if he could have gotten a couple breaks, now he had a bad back nine, but Victor Hovland's one of those guys. He's no slouch. I mean, he puts it out there as well. He's just a little smoother than the other guys. Yeah. There could be, a he's always ride. smiling. Cool rivalry between Hovland, Wolf, and Marikawa, right? Like that; those guys coming out at the same time all have PGA Tour wins now. I think that's going to be interesting. Golf's going to be really fun to watch the next five years of, you know, really fun to really see. Fun. Morikawa, Morikawa, and Wolf played against each other in high school. That's crazy. Then they're yeah, know, they yeah another. they they went after it. Oh, I was going to ask you this too, so, uh, from your perspective as a professional golfer, Jordan Spieth. Okay, so, you know, I'm actually like just, God, I feel bad for the poor bastard. Like, you know he's trying. He's such a competitor. I got nothing but respect for the kid. Like, he's just grinding. If, if you could, like, talk to him, what would, would you say just go back to your normal, stop overanalyzing and just play your golf game? Because like, it's not like he was a flash in the pan. Like, he was a great amateur player, great college career. The pedigree is there. How is how is that ball striking? Because if you look at his ball striking stats, that's what he was actually putting it pretty good. The ball striking is he's always he's always been a terrible ball striker. But in, in PGA but Tour standards, he's always been not good. But it's it's like really bad now for the PGA Tour. Like it used to be medium really good. bad. Yeah. So what's what would yeah. be if you could if you could have five minutes and you would listen to you at the Sands Bar Hotel and Casino and couple scotches with him. Well, that's where he's staying right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's made over a million dollars this year already, which is hard to believe. But he might be staying at the Sands and eating Arby's here pretty soon with Smiley Kaufman. But, you know, and poor Smiley. I mean, the guy goes from almost winning the Masters and the final group on Sunday to getting the heebie-jeebies with the long stick. Yeah. Like, I feel so bad. And then he gets, atta- he gets attacked constantly on Twitter by 15 handicaps. Give me a break. You know, like, give me an give me a flipping break, man. But the other thing, the thing with Jordan, uh, Jordan always, I was, I got, I was never a huge fan of him. I mean, I caddied for my buddy in the pre-qualifier 
because I did my qualify day for this for the farmers. And Jordan Spieth played in the group ahead of us. And I'm like, who's this kid with the Under Armour staff bag at an effing pre-qualifier at El Camino Country Club in San Diego? It was Jordan Spieth. I had no idea. I had no, no idea who it was. Watched him tee off. It was just kind of this little dart out in the fairway. And if I, if I had five minutes, I would just – I'm like, dude, ditch Cameron McCormick. Get the F rid of him. He can't fix your swing. Who the heck does Cameron McCormick teach besides Spieth? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. And he's, and he's somehow he's a top 100 instructor. Who do you go to, like a, like a Butch, or do you go to Claude, or do you go to Chris Co? Do you go to a guy who works with a bunch of tour players that has that pedigree? Uh, you, I mean, yeah, I have in the back of my head who I would tell him to go see. A guy that's not notoriety, the guy that I work with, Shane LeBaron. I would tell him to go to him because the guy is – I played 54 holes with Shane and watched him not miss a green. The guy's an incredible ball striker, but he's a plain truth guy with Jim Hardy and, um, you know, Jim Hardy and, and those guys. And they're, and they're good. I mean, Hunter Mayhem, you know, he was obviously struggling. He, he went to Jim Hardy and started, you know, hitting the ball way better because he was with, um, how was his name? Sean Foley. Yeah. Mini Sean. And, I'll, I'll be honest, and O'Hare was with Sean Foley. Sean Foley has so much handle drag through the impact zone. Like, you watch Justin Rose do his pre-shower team, he had so much handle drag through the impact zone. And that's what Spieth has right now. He's dragging the handle through impact, and he's chicken-winging his arm, as he's always done, because that's just what he does to keep the club face square. Right. If you swing, if you swing down the line, you're going to play the ball with curve. If you release the club left with a square face, you're going to hit the ball straighter. If you were to swing it in an absolute straight line, Bryson doesn't swing it in a straight line. He says he does, but he doesn't. Right. If you look at every tour player, every great ball striker, they have a very wide base and they hit and they swing left. They are, and they release it left. They don't swing left with hang on. You swing left with hang on. You're either going to hit a wiper, right? Or you're gonna, or you're basically gonna be hanging on. You're gonna go, oh shit, and flip the face. And then that, there comes your snap hook. Is that where he's so, kind of going with a two-way miss now? That's at this where point he's kind of, yeah, that's yeah. where he's going. He's 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 hanging on so much and standing up in his swing that he's just hitting. He's basically lining up down the middle and he's swinging down the line. And when you do that, you're gonna miss left and right. Those are gonna be your misses. And when you get a two-way miss going, you start talking to yourself. And he's a talker. He's an analyzer. And he, and he's a grinder. And and People on Twitter need to leave him the f alone. Let him do his thing. So when when he was when he was winning his majors and he was good, it, he's still great. He's still right. a great player. He made every twenty to forty footer known to man. It was impressive. Then people started coming after him, going, "All he can do is putt." Well, geez, man, you got to have something that you do right. You know, people that are great putters learn how to be great putters because they're not good ball strikers. Right. Or people that have good short games have good short games because they're not good ball strikers. People that have terrible short games, guess what? They're really good ball strikers. So he, so he's got to go find somebody to help him square the face. I would not say don't go to Sean Foley. He's just more because Hunter Mayhem was with Sean Foley. Hunter Mayhem started battling a hook. Sean Foley told him to hang on more. So he started hanging on and he started hitting a, either an enormous block fade or a hook because he would flip it at impact. Well, I didn't so, like Tiger's swing with Sean Foley. No, but well, well. Sean Foley is notoriously known for giving people back issues. 
which Tigers had back issues. Um, who, who else did he work with that had back issues? There was some, there was somebody else he worked with that had that had back issues. But that that was just the loose lips of the guys on the tour talking in the bar saying, "Hey, like this is kind of notoriously what he does." Butch Harmon obviously knows Butch and Cloud know the golf swing great. They're a great golf family. Butch, I mean, here's the thing: what are you going to tell Dustin Johnson about his swing? What are you going to tell Ricky Fowler about his swing? You know, think, Ricky got a little more upright with Yeah, Bush, I think the, but, the work he did with Ricky was good. I think it's like... I thought it was great. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it was did, great, but Butch is definitely... Butch is more of a coach. Correct. He's a game right. manager. He's a game manager. How's your day? How's your day going? How are you doing? Okay, well, what happens when you hit a left? Why do this? Okay, so what are we going to do out there on the course? That. Okay. No, you got it. Like, Butch simplifies it. And um, when you... I just when he when he Cloud Harmon I don't I'm not as familiar I'm sure that he's got the same deal I mean he obviously works with uh, Brooks Kepka and Brooks has got a little bit of a unique move mm-hmm. it's very powerful it's very it's very steep but that's Brooks for you he's a strong guy yeah I like it that Butch takes because like I've, I've talked to a bunch of guys in the pod about it right like he's worked with Kelkovecia and I'm trying to think like. Ricky Fowler, like, couldn't have two totally different golf swings, yet Butch doesn't change the DNA of their swings. Exactly. He's like tightens it up a little a bit. Coach. Well, and the other thing exactly. talking, the guys of uh, he's you know, half of it's just mental coach, a coach, right? Butch has seen it all. Yeah. Butch has won on tour. Butch gets it. So I think he instills a lot of confidence in his guys, right? That mm-hmm. he's. I think that's half of his genius is the mental side and the coaching side you know, getting DJ to go and hit a fade versus the harder hook, right? Mm-hmm. Work on wedges. Like, I think Butch gets in those guys' heads in a great way and say, hey, if you want to be great, here's what you have to do. And it's coming from Butch Harmon, and they go with it, right? They believe in what they're working on. But he doesn't He doesn't tear apart golf swings. I think he just tweaks yeah. them, makes them a little bit better. They're obviously great players when they got to him. You know, and I think, like, Fowler used to be, you know, really flat, laid off, you know, and super athletic. I think just getting it up a little bit is probably a good thing for him in the long run with his golf swing. So I, I like the work Butch does with people. I don't know. It'd be interesting if he worked with Spieth of, I can't, I can just imagine he would just sort of tighten it up a little bit and let him do his mm-hmm. thing. If there's a little chicken wing in there to square it, so be it. But I promise so you, try to, you know, what, try to get him to play a little draw again or a fade, not the two way miss. It's going to be one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, so talking with Shane, quick story here. Uh, he was at a junior event when Ricky Fowler was there. And his buddy goes, hey, will you come over and – or the kid he was teaching goes, hey, will you come over and take a look at my friend's swing? And it was Ricky. And he goes over and he looks. He watches them hit two balls. And he looked at him and said, Ricky, do me a favor. Never take a lesson. Because your swing, it's just his swing was that good. Right? Now, Butch, Ricky won with a flat swing. Everyone said he was notoriously flat. Well, he's a small guy. He can be flat. He has a ton of throw in it. And it's, it's a great golf swing. But Butch got him a little more upright. And that one year, right after he started working with Butch, he had, I mean, he got what? Runner up in every major. Yeah. And he just, he got him a little more upright, got a little more space in the swing coming down. So Ricky didn't have to throw his arms way out and have this more of a timing mechanism. He got to where the face was a little more stable coming down, kind of like a, you know, like, like a Matt Kuchar, where the face was coming a little bit more stable down and he didn't sling the ball as much. And, and then that was great. But the thing is with Ricky, um, I don't know who he's working with now, but he, they started working with a coach and taking lessons and he's having his worst year ever. Yeah. 
So, you know, you have to be, you have to be careful with what you're doing and, and where you go. It, and, and for the people out there that are taking golf lessons or looking at working with somebody to try and get better, be very careful. If the first thing that they do is set up a camera and start taking videos of your backswing and correcting your backswing, please ask for your money back and walk away because you never hit the ball with your backswing. You hit the ball with your downswing. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the cool thing that I learned. I wish that I would have found Shane and Jim Hardy and those guys earlier in my career because they made it so simple. And they're not, are they for everybody? No, they're not. But me, I was so lost with my golf swing. I mean, I had the driver yips. I had long iron, a little bit long iron. My ball striking was terrible. And they, they just simplified. I've looked, at, I've, looked at, I've looked at my backswing maybe twice in the last four years. Just to, just to check and make sure my position at the top wasn't too high or too shallow. But, but that's something, too, where a lot of, a lot of guys, they want, to change, they want your swing to look good. And if Versus, your swing yeah, looks, we, looks but right, like Jordan Spieth, his swing looks good. His ball flight looks like shit. Right. And then Matt Kutcher, does his swing look, right, Matt Kutcher, yeah. does his swing look good? No. But look at his ball flight. His ball right. flight's amazing. Well, and it's more consistent. He got, you know, less athletic on purpose to be able to hit the two-foot cut out in command every single time. It's worked out quite well. He's ATM'd the PJ Tour for about 20 years now, so. Right, and, and he's a guy where, when Tiger was coming up with all the distance, I mean, don't forget, Kucher won with an old with with his old golf swing. Right. You know, he won on tour with his old golf swing, and then he took a break because he wanted, you know, he says, he, he goes, I was trying to swing like Tiger. I was trying to do this, I was trying to do that, and he lost his card. He went to work, he came back, and, you know, he found he found the guys that, for him, it was plain truth. And, you know, I got to watch him hit balls a few years ago, and it was amazing. The ball, the ball didn't move. It just, he had such a great move coming down that it, it was, it's just so consistent because he has, doesn't have a ton of, you know, face rotation and, and timing. Like Jason Day, Jason Day will shoot 21 under and win an event. Then he'll go to the next event and he'll miss every single fairway because his, his swing is so timing based. Yeah, where Cooch is just a machine. It's just day in, day out. Yeah. Well, good stuff. I appreciate it. Always love getting your perspective on this. Um, Looking forward to the Masters, right? It's going to be fun to see what happens again. And uh, hopefully you don't stay at the uh, Sands Hotel and Casino too long at the bar uh, this morning since you are in West Coast time. It is, you know. Like nine thirty. Uh, had the Irish rats, had so. the Irish up the coffee a little bit. There you go. Well, um, well, you have for, fun at Dismal River. Yeah, last one of the year. So heading out there, I'm seeing the uh, seeing Woody, Slauson, Riggins, those guys. We're going to be playing their club on Thursday uh, out at it's a Pete Dye, which Pete Dye gets in my head out at Firethorn with their members. So uh, playing one round with them, and then I'm just going to go chill out Dismal for a couple days, kind of. Think about what we're going to do at Sub-70 for next year and enjoy some food and wine and steaks and recharge the batteries a little bit and play with some members out there and head back to Illinois on Sunday. So, no, it'll, I'll, uh, I'll say hi to the boys uh, for you out there at Firethorn, and I'm sure I'll be cursing at uh, <clears throat> Pete as he gets in my head off the tee. I don't play his yeah, golf well, course remember, as well. Well, I mean, no one plays his golf course as well. Especially the first go-around, right? It's always like, oh, my God, where do I hit this off the tee? 
Yeah, but well, remember with Pete Dye, he's, he's visually intimidating. There's always more space up there than, than you think. I know. I haven't been playing a whole lot of but golf the, lately, so I'm just going to like hit it hard and see what happens. So, you know, you about, know what? You should start working on the you should start working on the Deschambeau or the or the Matthew Wolf move. I think if you did the Matthew Wolf move, you're going to pick up some ball speed. Can you fathom at my old ass trying to turn like that? No. Cross. I play an old man golf. It's it's two fifty and bunt. Then I take the six hybrid from one seventy five, one eighty, little cut. Try to hit the middle of the green and try to two putt. Then I go to the next hole. That's all I got. That's all I got left. Like, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're two putting at Pete Dye courses, you're you're doing pretty good. It's always it's always this nice when you get the railroad ties though, where you you know you have a long iron or something on a string, and it goes into the bunker. You hit a railroad tie and go ninety yards into the shit. Yeah, I thought that was great. My the best one I've got is I let's see, like we had like a horrible spring, so I like played no golf for like five months. Uh, and the first round of 18 I played for the year coming like, I don't know, like 2017 was the ocean course, uh, at Kiowa was my first 18 hole round of golf in like five months or four months. Let me tell you, that is not the kind of golf course you want to open up your season with, with no practice under you. Not good. Mm-hmm. Not with 30 <laughs> mile an hour wins. That thing was hard, man. Like it, it's like, I don't know. I played okay. Then made like four triples. Where it's just like, yeah, that's gone. Okay, that one's gone. <laughs> Moving on to the next hole. Uh, so we're going to try to avoid that. I don't think Firethorn's going to be quite as hard as uh, as the Ocean Course, but it's going to be good to see the boys, too. Like, that's such a great group of guys to hang out with. So we'll have some money on the line. It'll be fun. We'll give each other a bunch of shit and, you know, see if I can hack out my 76 and contribute to the team a little bit. So I don't know who my we'll partner is. Just make sure. Well, yeah, well, just make sure you post it because, you know, Woody, you got to get the handicap legit so Woody can get you some more strokes. I don't even have a handicap this year. I've played so little golf, it's like uh, I just go play like nine holes with the wife on Friday night for date night or like one round during the week after work. Like, I don't even have a handicap anymore. I got a it's, – it's been busy this summer, to say the least. So, well, we're going to have fun. Oh, thanks. It's a little uh, – I'll put some pictures on social media of uh, uh, Pete Dye's torturing me off the tee and then uh yeah it can't beat dismal man so it'll be fun hope you have a great week as well hey you too we'll talk around master's time all right sounds great thanks pro all right man have a good one